0: It's alive, it'll help us tonight. And if you're not careful, you will uh, make the effort to be in church and then you'll sit here and you'll miss everything the Holy Spirit will have you to receive. And uh, we've not won the battle by just coming, though we certainly are in the right place. Uh, let's let the Holy Spirit of God use His Word to help us tonight as we learn to turn our fears into faith. And we can do that. We can turn our fears into faith. And I want to show you something tonight, very, very practical, I believe, that will help us in this matter, turning our fears into faith. Heavenly Father, help me as I teach tonight. I am very excited about the lesson because I know the truth that I'm going to teach works in our lives. It does work. And Lord, this battle of winning and controlling our minds and not letting the devil, the world, and the flesh control our minds and our thinking, Uh, Lord, it is a daily battle. And sometimes uh, the more diligent uh, the Lord, uh, the more effort that we give in fighting to win. Uh, The more difficult the battle is, and I pray that folks here tonight are not discouraged and would not give up in this battle, Uh, and Lord, that we can learn yet another step and another uh, activity that will help us in overcoming uh, imaginations and fears that exalt themselves against uh, the word of God. Help me as I teach, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody get your Bibles, and we're going to uh, Psalm number 56. The psalmist is praying. In fact, in this prayer, he is very serious and there are times that the psalmist cries. Uh, Now, I want you to listen to me. The psalmist is serious and there are times that he is crying. He's weeping. He's hurting because of what's going on in his life. Verse number 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Now, he fought many battles, some inside from his own family, some outside uh, from his enemies, some in his own flesh. And he says, Men would swallow me up. Lord, I need your help. I'm praying for mercy. Verse number 2, Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Thou Most High. Mark verse number 3, put a circle around the number 3 if you will. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in Thee. So fear is not all bad, fear can be used to increase our faith. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in Thee. In God I will praise His word. Make note of that word, word. I've underlined that word, word, in my Bible. In that verse, he says, "'In God I will praise His word. "'In God I have put my trust. "'I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. "'Every day they rest my words. "'All their thoughts are against me for evil.'" They gather themselves together, they hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. He's begging for help against those uh, that would hurt him. Verse number 8, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle, are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back this I know. I have those words circled in my Bible, and then I have these words underlined for God is for me. And I want you to say that with me tonight. I want you to say, This I know, for God is for me. Ready? Here we go. This I know, for God is for me. Say it again. This I know, for God is for me. The devil's a liar. God is not against you. God does love you. God is for you. This I know, for God is for me. Verse number 10: In God will I praise His word. There it is again. I will praise His word. In the Lord will I praise His word. There it is again. In God have I put my trust, I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God, I will render praises unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Will not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? I want you to notice the first uh, statement on your lesson tonight, and it's this. Knowledge of truth is the destruction of imaginations. Knowledge of truth is the destruction of imaginations. John chapter 8, verse number 32, the Lord Jesus said the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Free from fear. Free from imagination. The truth will make you free. I wanna give you a a couple of stories tonight and examples of what we do in life and things that will help us to overcome imaginations and fears. I want you to think of this. So often we live our lives in response to imaginations. We live our life in response to what could happen rather than what's going on in our life. Are you with me tonight? We live our lives in response to what the news media say might happen or say could happen rather than living our lives in response to God's will written in His Word. I know today several things I'm supposed to do. It doesn't matter what the news is, good or bad. I'm supposed to walk with my God. I'm supposed to walk humbly before him. I'm supposed to praise him. I'm supposed to tell others about him. I'm supposed to read his word. I know things that I'm supposed to do. Now, I don't want to live my life in response to things that might happen, could happen. The devil wants to happen. I want to live my life according to uh, the will of God. Twenty years ago, we held a patriotic rally. It was then called Applebee's Park. And uh, I really didn't know what would happen, I didn't know what kind of crowd would come. And we had put together a tremendous program i mean we had the 100th division army band and i guess it was 50 or 60 pieces of brass and it was it was beautiful we had a flyover of a couple of jets and we i mean you could think of it we had it we had a a pyrotechnician display better known as fireworks and we had all of that it was a great evening and i preached i preached against everything that i could think of to preach against anything god was against i wanted folks to know it that i'm with god and i'm against it and i preached that i love america and i said things like if you can't put your hand over your heart and pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america you ought to go to whatever country you can and pledge to Uh, i said i love america I said, I love this Bible, and America was founded on the principles of this Bible and founded upon Christianity. And I thought everybody was going to like it. The next day, front page of the newspaper, in fact, for the next several days, it was interesting what transpired. Uh, Folks began to respond to what the paper said, which wasn't exactly what happened. Surprise, surprise. And then they responded to what they said that the paper said. And then they responded to the response of the response of what the paper said. And before you know it, I was getting close to being up there with John Dillinger and all those fellas, uh, uh, number one enemy. I mean, it it was getting bad. And what they were saying, that was said. And I remember I uh, was... uh, uh, I was rebuked, I was uh, criticized by Senator, uh, Senator Kathy Stein. She's now a judge here in Fayette County. And uh, we've talked, we've talked several times since. Uh, she is completely, uh, believes completely uh, different or opposite of what I believe. But she has been very, very respectful. Uh, she's respectfully wrong, but she's respectful. And, uh, and, and and so she had made some comments. Well, at that time, uh, sports announcer and writer Dave Baker Uh, did a morning uh, program on WLAP and he invited her and invited me to come and talk about the patriotic rally and said instead of making comments about it why don't y'all just come together and have somewhat of a debate i said sounds good to me and so we did and uh, i remember uh, coming that morning and day baker was sitting there behind the microphone we was on uh the outside and the counter there and uh, he said now Sanderstein, i understand you have some problems with some of the sa- things uh, that the pastor said she said i was a bigot i didn't know what that was i had to look it up uh i uh, she She said other things and that I'd made statements of hatred and so forth. And he said, what did the pastor say? And she said what she'd heard I said. And here's what I did. I had a transcript typed of every word that was said. And I said, here's a transcript of every word that was said. See if you can find that statement in there. I didn't say that. The paper said I said that. And I remember it got pretty tense for a little while. And uh, Dave Baker was, was very kind, and he said, Senator, what do you have to say to that? Here is the manuscript, and the truth is it put folks to silence that were repeating what was said about the rally rather than what was said in the rally. Now, here's what happens. Truth destroys imagination. Truth destroys imagination. Um, I, I don't hear well, and uh, sometimes I hear sounds, and I will interpret them. Uh, oh, oh, let me tell you something that I said. As we came to the end of that radio program, I, I, I want to say this. I told Senderstein that day, I said, you know, the problem with liberalism, it's built on lies and ignorance, and it's a shame how much ignorance there is in our country. And I said, for example, you read the preambles to the state constitutions. There have been times in America, for example, in the state of Pennsylvania, you had to be a professed Christian, faith in Christ, before you were eligible to run for office. And I remember her saying, I don't believe that's true. I said, what did you do before you got into politics? She said, I was a history teacher. And I remember saying, I wouldn't say that publicly, truth destroys imagination. Now, next illustration. I don't hear well, Um, and and, uh, I wear hearing aids, but of course, don't wear hearing aids. I go home, I take them out, and I don't hardly hear anything. My wife gets my attention, and then I can hear. I hear what I'm supposed to hear. And uh, but sometimes I'll hear a noise, and it'll be a thumping noise, loud thumping noise, and I'll say, what is that? Because it startles me. And she'll say, I put clothes in the washing machine. You know when clothes get out of balance and make a thump, thump? Some of you fellas know, uh, you ladies know what I'm talking about. Uh, it makes a thump noise. It sounds like somebody's banging on the door. But when I find out it's just a washing machine, truth destroys imagination. I roll over and go to sleep. Now, had it been somebody knocking on the door, we'd have done something about that. I'd have told her you better get up and see who that is. <laughs> now, now, truth destroys imagination. In fact, I want you to write this down on your, les- uh, on your lesson. Imaginations are fueled by fears. Faith is fueled by truth. The only way to cancel a fear and imagination is truth. Write this down. The more truth I know, the less fear I have. That's why I love preaching the Bible at church because truth sets us free. It sets us free from fears. It sets us free from falsehoods. It sets us free from heresy. It sets us free from imaginations. When we know what the truth is, we're anchored, we're settled, and we ought to work to put every truth, every security we can in our life i don't want to live my life based on or in response to fears and imaginations the psalmist said what time i am afraid i will trust in thee you've heard me give this illustration before it's been some years ago probably 15 plus years ago and uh, i saw on the news a, a little girl had fallen into a deep well and they were showing the rescue workers going uh, to get her out of that well, and they uh, put a rope down, and a rescue worker was going down. They did not have to say to that little girl, get a hold of the rope. As soon as it got within her reach, she grabbed a hold of it. I mean, she clutched it. And when that, uh, when that rescue worker got close to her, I mean, she put her claws into that fella and she held on. That's what the psalmist is saying, what time I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. Sadly in our world today, many don't know what to trust in. The devil has an answer for every problem and his answer is worse than the problem. We have to learn that only truth destroys imagination. Only truth destroys fear. Notice the next statement. When the fear overtakes him, he runs to the word of God. He said that three times in that passage. He runs to the word of God to find comfort in truth. If you uh, had a storm cellar or have a storm cellar and uh, when storms come, the storm cellar does not take away the storm, but it takes away fear of the storm. It takes those imaginations away. Why? It's a secure place and that's what truth does. Truth destroys imaginations. Now, I did some research to, find, uh, to see if I could find uh, what teenagers are most afraid of. I asked some teenagers and I read and I looked to see what teens are most afraid of. Here are the top answers of what teenagers live in fear of today. Number one is death or dying young. Death or dying young. That's their first fear uh, as far as the average. Across the board, asking teenagers across the board. Number two, they have fear of peer pressure. They don't like peer pressure. And by the way, there should never be peer pressure in church. Hey, there's no need to put peer pressure on people. Uh, I, I, I'm talking about foolishness. I'm talking about uh, I'm prettier than you or I'm stronger than you and, and all of that all of that stuff. We, we don't need to do that. And young people, you don't need to listen to that because it's not true. It's not true. You're all made in the image of God and you're made as God made you and you're beautiful in his sight. And that's what's important. But peer pressure is a fear of young people. Number three, fear of failure is a fear of young people. Feal, fear of failure, failing in school, fa- failing uh, to please uh, their parents or uh, those uh, uh, that they look up to in life. Number four, uh, relationships. Uh, relationships, they fear Uh, trusting in relationships. They fear they cannot trust uh, people in relationships. Some have been hurt uh, in relationships, whether it's a spiritual uh, at church, a youth pastor, a pastor, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, or at school, someone gets in trouble and they get the idea, I can't trust anyone. So it's a fear, a fear in relationships. Number five, making mistakes that will mess up their life. Making mistakes that will mess up their life. Making a decision and how sad it is that one day, one night, one bad decision can really hurt your life. But we're going to talk about how to deal with these fears in just a few minutes because the only thing that destroys a fear is truth. The only thing that destroys an imagination is truth. Number six, the real world and living on my own. That's a fear, the real world and uh, living on my own. Number seven, the work, workplace, work jobs and the economy collapsing. They fear that there won't be work or there won't be an economy uh, that they can uh, live uh, to uh, raise their own family. And then number eight, fear of tragedies, things like tsunamis, earthquakes, terrorism, war, uh, those kind of things. Those are the fears that young people, and uh, there was a few other ones, but those were the top eight that I've listed. Also did some research to see what adults uh, fear the most. And things that are listed, some of these uh, may be things that you fear. Uh, You may not fear any of these, but uh, as a whole, and uh, asking uh, older folks uh, what they fear. Number one, they fear death and loved ones dying. Death and loved ones dying, particularly the fear of losing their spouse. Fear of losing their spouse. Number two, health and terminal illness. They fear disabilities, not being able to care for themselves or terminal illness. Number three, crime. Adults fear crime, things like shootings and civil unrest, all those things that are going on in our uh, nation and some of the larger cities. Number four, financial fears, such as medical bills or retirement, those type of things. Number five, terrorism, terrorism or war. Terrorism or a war. A few years ago, that would have been listed just as war, but terrorism. And then, number six, government corruption. Can you imagine that? I don't know why anybody would be afraid of... We ought to be used to it by now. Number six... (laughs) Government corruption, government corruption. Number seven, stress and anxiety, stress and anxiety, and the results of what these things cause. Now, how do we turn these fears into faith? How do we deal with and overcome these fears with faith? Well, first of all, we have to understand the answer's in the word of God. The answer is in the word of God. So how do we turn our fear into faith? Our fear into faith. Uh, faith. Well, let's look at stress and anxiety. I was uh, counseling with a smart young lady the other day. She's in high school, uh, and I believe she said she had a 3.5, 3.6 at GPA. So she's she's very smart and she works hard. And I asked her, "What is uh, what is your greatest uh, fear?" And she said, "I get afraid of crowds, or I get af- afraid when I take tests. I get afraid of when when I, I get afraid of anxiety. That fear is going to come." I said, "Let me help you with that. All right. So take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. Let me show you what to do." We're going to prepare for sudden fear. We're going to prepare for anxiety. We're going uh, uh, to a doctor. We're going to have a test or we're going to have a surgery or we're going to have a procedure and sudden fear is going to come. How do I deal with anxiety? Uh, a dentist is about to put a big drill in my mouth and uh, both of his hands and two of his workers and all of them going to get in there and i'm afraid what do i do how do i deal with sudden fear here's what the bible says here's what the bible says if you're a person that's afraid of sudden fear and fear comes on you quickly and you're afraid of that you hate it when it comes and some even uh, they faint uh when that sudden fear comes on them the bible talks about it here's what the bible says Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. That's something that happens quickly. Be not afraid of sudden fear, verse 26. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. I don't know how many folks I've had them to say, I've told them, you ought to write this verse down, and you ought to say, uh, uh, for the Lord shall be my confidence. For the Lord shall be my confidence. For the Lord shall be my confidence. Now, folks, this book is not a book of fables and fairy tales. That is a book of truth. That's the living word of God. You say, what if you don't believe that, dear friend? That book is true right there. And if there's a verse in the Bible that helped me through one of the most difficult periods of my life in ministry, it was those two verses right there. Here's what I learned. I learned that there are two kinds of fears in the Bible. There's a coward's fear. And there's a fear that makes you run to God. Now Now listen to me. There's a coward's fear and there's a fear that makes you run to God. David is facing Goliath. His brothers have a coward's fear. They run from Goliath. David runs. He has fear. But he doesn't run from Goliath. He runs to God. And he tells the giant, all Israel is going to know there is a God in heaven. You know who his confidence was? Not his mastermind work, but his faith in God. The Lord shall be my confidence. The Lord shall be my confidence. Now, if you look at that, you'll find it all the way through the scripture when times of sudden fear comes they said to the three hebrew children if you don't bow down we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace and they said so be it and uh the lord will deliver us and if he doesn't deliver us uh we'll be saved and that they knew that whatever happened they were safe in god's hands. sudden fear was coming god would be their confidence and so how do we get rid of an imagination we ask what was that noise That was the dog scratching and hitting the floor. You ever, your dog ever wake you up doing that and you think somebody's knocking on the door and the dog just scratching? Sorry thing. Huh? And you get this fear. What is that? What is that? That's the dog scratching. Go back to sleep. Okay. Now the devil, the devil is a master of controlling lives. I wonder how many folks tonight are living in fear rather than faith because of the work of the devil to control our thinking, imaginations, and fear. Number two, death. How do we deal with death? I've talked to a lot of folks that are afraid of death. How do I deal with it? Well, I have to find the truth out about death. What is the truth about death? Number one, everyone has an appointment with death. Hebrews 9.27 We are all going to die unless we're taken in the rapture. I was coming home from the office this afternoon. I turned on the radio. It was 59 WVLK. Larry Glover was talking about the subject of death. And he talked about the fears that he had and, and uh, of dying and how much he enjoyed living and he didn't want to die. And I only listened to it for, oh, whatever time it takes to get from there to here, 10 minutes or so. They were talking about the subject of death. They were talking about their fears of death. Well, the Bible tells me exactly what happens at death. So I need to know what it says. First of all, I have an appointment with death. I am going today. I am going today. Number two, I need to learn to number my days. Number our days. Now what does that mean? Psalm 90 verse number 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart unto wisdom. I don't know how long I'm going to live, so I'm going to live in the will of God today. I'm going to number my days. I'm going to live in the will of God today. Ephesians says, walk circumspectly. That means on purpose, with purpose. So I'm going to live every day, understanding the day of death is going to come. Number three, I can have eternal life. I can have eternal life. In fact, I can't just have it, I already have it. I've made my reservation. Heaven is my home. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. If somebody says he died, you can say, nope, he just moved. He changed the dress. I have eternal life. Number four, I need to live more for things eternal than things that are temporal. Colossians 3 verses 1 through 4 tells me if I'm in Christ I ought to to live for Christ and so I have to live for things that are eternal don't live for things that are temporal I'm thankful for things that we have that are temporal but that's not what I live for I live for things that are eternal. What a joy it was to hear another preacher give a testimony. This church was founded because God called me to preach while at a conference at clays mill baptist church and we founded this church and i led this man to christ and this family to christ and these teenagers are bus workers now that were three years ago they were lost and now they're saved now they're working to win others to christ hey that's a life worth living that's a wonderful life and uh, we want to live for things that are eternal. The Bible says in Matthew six nineteen, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rusteth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal, but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rusteth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Let her eat. stay away from dangerous places and places of evil. Uh, a fear of death is a healthy thing. I don't want to go places that are wrong and bad. The Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. Proverbs 13, 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed because I don't want to die before my appointed time. I don't want to live my life with fools. I don't want to live my life with those that are, that, that there are folks today, they foolishly say, I've had folks tell me, it doesn't bother me to go to hell, that's where my friends are. You don't have any friends in hell. I don't want to live with that kind of crowd. I want to live with a crowd that's saved and on their way to heaven and enjoying the Christian life. So how do I get rid of this fear of faith? I just have to look at it for what it is. And God tells me very plain, very clear, here's what you can expect. This is how you ought to live. And I'm glad that I have eternal life now there's many more things the Bible says about that those are base things what I'm showing you as an example here is when I have a fear that should drive me into the Word of God whatever I'm afraid of I need to look for the answer in the Word of God number three I need to move quickly peer pressure living up to other standards we need to understand first of all we're made in the image of God and this old world that builds all of its life on the lust of the flesh, the, uh, the pride of life, hey, church, get over that, get beyond that. You're made in the image of God. Teenage girls, teenage boys, uh, you're made in the image of God. Give God your best. Don't live for others. Live for the will of God. Uh, we're made in the image of God. Let Letter be. we're made for God and for His pleasure I love the verse Matthew 25, 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. When I get to heaven I won't be judged compared to any other preacher. I'll be judged according to my own ability and talent and what God has given me. Just me, that's all. I don't have to worry about what others are doing or not doing. I have to be concerned about what God expects of me. And when I live my life to the will of God, to the best of my ability, that's all I can do. I can lay down at night and go to sleep and say, I've given it my best in serving God today. Number four, fear of relationships. Fear of relationships. First of all, understand God has a will for my life. God has a will for my life. Letter B, God has a mate for me if that is his will. Now, Paul didn't marry. Uh, There are folks in the Bible, they didn't marry. The majority of folks married. I believe God has a mate. Young boys, young girls, listen to me. God has a mate for you. And here's what I understand in the scripture. God gave men work. And then he gave him and help meet. It's my opinion. If man doesn't work, he doesn't need any help. If you're going to be lazy, be lazy alone. Don't drag a lady into it. God made a help meet. If you're not going to work, you don't need a helper. And you don't look for a helper. You look for your work. Look for the will of God in your life and God will give you what you need. I believe that with all of my heart. Let her see I must keep myself in the right places. Ruth decided to go live where Naomi was from. Naomi said, I'm going back to Bethlehem. Judah, it's the place of God. And she said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Hey, that worked out pretty good for Ruth, didn't it? God gave her Boaz. Stay in the will of God. Stay in the place of the will of God. I've had folks ask me through the years, can you help me find a wife? I said, no, I can help you find the will of God. Can you help me find a husband? Nope, but I can help you find the will of God and be satisfied in the will of God. Let God give you a mate. I believe God has a will for your life. Don't fear relationships. Don't fear the pressure of the world. Don't think, oh, I'm 18 and I'm still not engaged. No, no, don't don't worry about that worry about the will of god be in the will of god and i'm not saying it's not important it is important i'm not making light of it it is i pray and i've prayed for my children that god would give them the spouse that's a will of god But my job has not been to raise them looking for a spouse, but looking for the will of God. And in the will of God, he directs them in the right place and to the right people to find a mate. Number five, a fear of failure. Fear of failure. Now, the Bible guarantees that I can be a success. Now, the world has no business measuring my success. Only God does. I'd rather be another world's millionaire anytime than to be wealthy as far as this world is concerned and be in poverty as far as God is concerned. I don't want to be that like that church that said we have need of nothing and God said you're miserable, you're poor, you're wretched, you're blind and you're naked. That's what you are. Uh, you're not wealthy at all. You're wealthy by the world's standards. Now the Bible tells me I can live in success I believe you ought to live like you're living in success when you're living in the will of God. Here's what the verses tell me. Second uh, Peter 1.8, For if these things be in you and abound... They make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Psalm number 1, Psalm chapter 1, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Throughout the word of God, we're taught how to be a success in life. Two things that the Hebrews taught their children. They taught them the scripture and they taught them trade. They taught them to work. Work with your hands. If you're afraid to work, if you won't work, you ought to be, you ought to be filled with fear. You ought to be filled with fear. But if we're obedient to do what God would have us to do and obey the scripture, we can be a success in life. Stand with me, if you will. I have one, two, three, four, eight, ten, twelve other verses. All of these things help me to drive away fears. Proverbs 19 21, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Men are not always right, God always is. Romans eight twenty eight. we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Isaiah 45, 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I don't need the opinion of the world. I need God's favor and his hand and approval. Heavenly